I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animal's Eye View podcast. With the title of today's podcast being about seeing fire, no rain, James Taylor might come to mind and his beautiful song. And I think sometimes it's good to remember how this planet works from the animal's eye view, because as humans, I think sometimes we tend to view the elements as, I don't know, especially if they don't go to our liking, if they behave in a certain way that, you know, impacts our our plans and or cause what we perceive to be, and very truly is, definite amounts of destruction to the dwellings in which we live, our places of work, when the elements cause loss of life within our own family groups. I think we we tend to view those sorts of things, like we tend to view all sorts of things of a shadow perspective, is with a great deal of mistrust. And maybe even that we, I don't know, might think that the elements are evil somehow. And of course, every animal on the planet would tell you that's just not how it works. Everything is in balance down here on this planet. And yes, the current design is most definitely one of light and shadow. If you have light, as the saying goes, you wouldn't know the stars were there unless they were against a background of shadow. Currently here in Colorado, there are four main wildfires going. I know that there are wildfires going in other states. California, for instance, is having its own very significant issues with what currently is, and I think how the animals would look at it, an element that is out of balance with all the other elements on the planet. And I think that's kind of the micro perspective, at least as far as California and Colorado goes. If we pull out to the macro perspective, of course, it's no secret that the planet herself would say, a lot, and with great emphasis that humans have caused a great deal of imbalance, not only in the earth herself and the very ground that we build all of our buildings upon and the very ground upon which all of us walk, including all other species, but the elements as well. Because, of course, it's one great big huge organism Again, I think we try to like to separate out the elements from each other, and we don't understand how rain is actually a relative of fire, because we kind of look at those two things as battling each other, and it's kind of one over the other. But in reality, I think both water and fire would say, we understand that within a balance, each one of us serves a purpose on the planet. And to a certain extent, I think 
We can also look at all of the elements. I'll throw air in there. Of course, the fourth one would be earth. So we have earth, air, fire, and water. And each one of those out of balance creates significant imbalance, again, from the human perspective for our lives. We can have earthquakes, we can have tornadoes, we can have floods, we can have wildfires. I think the list kind of goes on. And again, we kind of think of them as doing battle with each other. And when we're having wildfires, we say to rain, where the heck are you? If we're having too much rain, we say to fire, i.e. the sun, we're supposed to be having warmer days at this point in time, say, for instance, at the, at the end of spring. Why are we having so many rainstorms? And it's about time for everything to start warming up, of course, depending upon what hemisphere of the planet you happen to be on. But the elements themselves, and I think the animals themselves, would look at it very, very differently. And I think it's no surprise that science has long recorded, and I think humans everywhere have also noticed, and probably more specifically indigenous peoples and those peoples, ancient peoples who lived in accordance with all the other beings on the planet and other species, would notice how if there was a cleansing element, and we'll get to that in a second, of say, for instance, fire coming through, that they could pretty much take their cue from the animals that it doesn't mean that every single species is going to be moving out of the way of fire, but a vast majority of them are going to do that. And if we pull that layer off and we look underneath just a little bit more, it also doesn't mean that every single being of the species that happens to, for instance, flee the fire or have the capability of fleeing the fire is going to survive. Because, of course, even within that context and that particular species dance with the element, they also know that that end of the spectrum of both light and shadow, which, again, all beings on the planet have a spectrum of light and shadow. Humans do, all other species do, the elements themselves do as well, that those beings within that particular species know that some of them are likely not going to survive that fire. There may very well be young. There very, may very well be old. There may very well be weak who don't survive that fire. And at the same time, underneath that layer is a level of acceptance, a level of, I see. It is time for a cleansing of this particular geographical area on the planet because for whatever reason, and sometimes it's due to climate, sometimes it's due to the fact that the other organisms living in the area, in the case here in Colorado, we often have, again, what humans would term as infestations of uh, pine beetles. The pine beetles cause massive amounts of, again, human perspective destruction within the pine trees, leaving, of course, a lot of fuel for the fire that's going to be coming through. But what the other animal species understand, and I think what fire itself knows, that say, for instance, there are a number 
a qualified number because it usually is a qualified number. It's rare that an entire species gets completely and totally decimated because of a shadow aspect or an imbalance in this case. I think that's probably more accurate. Although certainly I think those two are one and the same. Of say, for instance, fire. They also know that they're they're just not going to be completely decimated, that they're just not going to be completely wiped out, That because that's just not how their relationship with that particular element is. And when that element comes through, in this instance, fire, and fire causes death amongst the pine trees, and the pine trees, of course, are feeding the fire, which the fire, I think, appreciates. But then after that, and after the fire runs out of fuel or the fire reaches a certain point where human intervention causes it to stop and or by a natural balance rainstorms come in, there will be out of that death a rebirth. There will be seeds actually that will be cracked open from those trees that actually can't crack open in any other way except through an incredible amount of heat. And it is those particular seeds then that burrow deep into the ground that cause the new pine trees to come into being, which causes new vegetation, which causes the animals to come back in so that they can kind of take care of the vegetation. And I'm sure you may be sensing, feeling, seeing, hearing your own, perhaps, relationship with that pattern of balance as a light being that happens to be in human experience on this planet. And from the human perspective and the human place of consciousness, because we fear death so much and because we you know, want to stiff arm shadow in every way, shape, and form that we possibly can. We want everyone to survive. We want everyone to survive of our species. But the fact of the matter is that doesn't really honor the light and the shadow on this planet. And it doesn't mean that other species don't grieve the transition of those beloved family members in their own family group. Of course they do. We have, we have record of that, and I, as an animal communicator, <laughs> would tell you most emphatically, of course they grieve. Of course they grieve. They're light beings here on this planet in animal experience, and as such, they are subject to the dance, not only with uh, predator and prey, but also with the elements that, again, experiencing the light and shadow aspect of those elements, and as well, when those elements become out of balance. And I think that's kind of the point, the misbalance, the unbalance that's going on now, that humans, we have a long way to go before perhaps we understand our own part in creating this unbalance. And I'm not asking you, listener of this podcast, to feel guilty. I'm not asking you to feel bad. I'm not asking you to become upset. I'm simply asking you to hold space maybe for the element of fire today, for the element of water today, for the element of earth today, 
for the element of air today and to understand that just like you, they have their light aspects and they also have their shadow aspects. And I'm also inviting you into this space where out of neutral compassion, you can hold space for these elements and where you can say to fire, perhaps here, if you happen to be in the state of Colorado or California, or maybe an entirely different part of the world where you might be, and you might be witnessing what you perceive as an unbalance of these particular elements to perhaps engage in conversation with that particular element to say to fire, I understand that you are serving a purpose right now here in this particular geographical area. And I do understand that there may very well be loss of life of all different kinds of species. And based on their particular soul path, I will also commit to holding space for them as well. There was a really interesting article that I posted in the Facebook group, The Animal's Eye View. Should you care to join that at some point in time, if you're a social media person, where researchers, and I guess I'll settle with observing because I'm uncomfortable saying studying anymore. I'll just, and I, and I understand I also can't stop researchers from watching, but I will just stay with the watching observing that millions of animals are fleeing to the earth's poles. And it's really interesting if you kind of imagine a visual where rather, rather than, you know, animals kind of staying where they are in their particular geographical um, location, which of course happens to be perfectly suited for whatever species they are, they have in that particular area, the the fuel, whether that's plant fuel or animal fuel that happens to resonate with them um, the most, they're going to stay in that particular geographical area. The really interesting thing, though, is that they noticed that the marine mammals were heading to the poles much, much faster. The reason why the marine mammals were heading out of their heretofore observed geographical area is because there were no impediments in their way. Their habitats are currently unimpeded by human habitat. At this point in time, we don't have any ocean-dwelling cities (laughs) that, like we have on land, land land-dwelling cities that continually and constantly get in the way of the migratory patterns and species movements across the land. So these marine mammals are able to swim up and down the various coasts, etc., and getting to either the North Pole or to the South Pole, unimpeded and much faster, whereas land animals are having to find their way. They're having to contend with traffic patterns. And I do understand that there have been a number of countries, the U.S. included, wonderful things where people have created what we're calling animal overpasses, if you will, which is a wonderful thing. And they've hidden cameras in there, and you can see that there are different species that actually go over 
different highways that are kind of in their way and in the path of their migratory patterns. We also see where species are going under, if they're little tunnels that have been carved out for them. All of that is really, really wonderful. But at the same time, it also speaks to the fact that humans are getting in the way. I don't think there's any way for me to sugarcoat this. And again, I'm not saying this in order to make you feel bad or to feel guilty or to throw up your hands and say, well, Lizanne, what would you have me do? I'm simply asking you, as every single time I am ever queried, what do the animals want us to do? I would simply invite you to step into the space of, say, for instance, mountain lion or bear or elk or deer (laughs) or any other species, butterfly, Pick any kind of bird species that you all want that migrates. I would simply invite you to step into their space and to ask them, what can I do for you? And I will guarantee you, literally guarantee you, 10 times out of 10, they will simply say to you, thank you so much for your consideration. I appreciate what you're asking of me and the information you are seeking. I would invite you to step into the space where I am so that you can understand what it is like to be cougar, where you can understand what it is like to be bear, where you can understand where it is, what it is like to be monarch butterfly, where you understand where what it's like to be um, snowy egret or any other species on the planet that you choose because they know that that is the place of transcendence. And frankly, that's the place of salvation for every single species on the planet. Because in that space, you will understand the reason behind fire. You will understand the reason behind water. You will understand the reason behind air. And you will understand the reason behind earth. And you will even get to the point where you can shift in accordance with those variations and along the spectrum from light to shadow. Because everything moves in partnership on this planet. It is only the human species that does not. At least that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. A big shout out again to all you all people who are signing up for my newsletter. I so appreciate you. Thank you again. Deeply grateful. This has been the Animals Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.